Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Matter of the Heart, where we bring you heartfelt, educational, and positive stories, all to elevate your spirit. I am your host, Carol Olivia, and always thank you so much for taking your time out to listen to the Matter of the Heart and watch it. The topic of the show really is we're going to cover a few different things, uh, certainly the word eternity. Um, which to me is such a powerful word, infinite word, and um, almost as if there is no separation between the physical and the spiritual plane. Maybe there's one light that bonds us into both of the realms. Well, we have an expert on this, uh, Mark Anthony, and I know some of you uh, listeners have actually gone to some of his uh, workshops. You've mentioned him to me. And um, he is, he's worldwide known as a psychic lawyer. And Mark Anthony connects with the other side and shares what loved ones are trying to tell us. He is known for his best-selling books, Evidence of Eternity and Never Letting Go. Welcome, Mark. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Carol. It's great to be back with you. And now we're on video. This is even cooler. Yeah. And I think I've learned how to do it, everyone. I think he was very patient with me. I think one of the very few benefits of COVID, and I mean very few, is that it's um, so many more events are online now. And I had a whole 2020 tour um, planned out. And it was interesting because toward the end of 2019, I was getting kind of a bad feeling about things and we were waiting before booking some things, and I'm glad I trusted my intuition. But what's happened is we've replaced those, or I replaced those with online events. So I consider this Matters of the Heart episode part of my 2020 tour. Oh, thank you. What does eternity mean to you, uh, uh, Mark, <laughs> with all of the many clients and people that you've sp spoken to, but in your own words? Because to me, it's such a powerful word and it's infinite, but in your own perspective, with your wisdom. Uh, the reason I, I, I smiled is because we're trying to describe the undescribable. And the reason that I say that, Carol, is, you know, as a little boy, when I was in, in Catholic school, you know, we'd always learn that God always was and always will be, you know, and I think pretty much all the religions do that. And that used to really, really get me. And I think my first brush with eternity, um, I was about four years old. Well, actually, yeah, I, I, oh gosh, there's so much I could talk about with this. I had a near-death experience when I was four. And in the near-death experience, I heard eternal light, eternal life. And... The next thing I know, I'm in the hospital, and my parents were there, and I asked them, what is eternal? And I remember mom and dad looking at each other, and I found out years later that both of them had had NDEs throughout their lives. Now, you know, that back then, we didn't necessarily have a term for near-death experience, but a few months after that, my dad, um, we were living in Orlando, and he was a NASA engineer. He'd been a Navy SEAL. And I'll never forget this. It was a Saturday night, and it was pizza night. You know, mom was making a pizza, 
And, and after that, the whole family went into the driveway and my dad had a bag of flashlights and he gave us all flashlights and he said, shine them at the stars, shine them at the moon. And he said, the light from your flashlight will go on forever. Oh, and I, and, yeah. And I remember walking up to him and my brother and sister and my mom, you know, they were there, there. And he said, Mark, remember when you asked about eternal? And so I'm sitting there, you know, I'm four, okay? Um, but, you know, I was, I was a pretty sharp kid. And uh, I already knew how to spell Tyrannosaurus Rex and give a lecture on what it was and, and that sort of thing. And the thing is, Carol, when my father died three years ago, um, his house was near the beach and I was there with my siblings and we were like holding him when he stopped breathing. And that night, we walked up to the beach. It was my brother, sister, and I. And we were looking at the stars. And I said, you know, this is going to sound weird, but do you guys remember that night with the flashlights? And both of my brother and sister said, yeah. And it turned out that was one of the happiest memories for all of us. And when we were looking at the stars, I couldn't help but to think of those flashlights so long ago and if some of those beings still were going on into eternity so that's what eternity means to me oh, that's beautiful uh, and would you certainly integrate nature nature with that is it nature uh, eternity the stars the sky you know everything oh certainly well, certainly because when we look at at the stars Mm -hmm. Some of those stars burned out millions of years ago, but it's taken that long for their light to get here. So even though the body burned out, the energy from it, which is the light, continues on. And it's the same thing with our soul. Our soul, um, I, I use the term soul and spirit interchangeably because they're the same thing. I mean, I, I've heard some of these... Um, questionable psychics at some of these conferences have spoken, oh, the soul and the spirit are different. It's like, stop that, okay? There is an energy field which is housed in our brain. And we know that the, the brain doesn't create consciousness. Because the thing is, Carol, uh, neurobiologists or the scientists that study the brain, they, they say that consciousness is created by the brain through chemical reactions and electrical impulses, but they can't explain how. And let's face it, the brain is just a carbon-12 resonator floating in salt water. And it's like a computer hard drive. And the computer hard drive doesn't create the programs on it. It merely hosts them. It's the same thing with the brain. The brain does not create consciousness. It hosts the consciousness, which pre-exists it. And when the brain hard drive crashes and our body dies, um, the consciousness moves on. And because it's pure energy, and everything in the electromagnetic spectrum moves at the speed of light, it continues on. Mm -hmm. You know, I just thought of something, uh, Mark and, and uh, everyone. Uh, when we take pictures, Curling in Photography uh, takes pictures of plants and sees it, and in a way it's eternal because it's seeing its energy. It's living, sure. right? Well, everything, Albert Einstein was absolutely right. There's no matter. There's only energy which vibrates at different frequencies so as to be perceptible to the senses. So this pen that I'm holding right here, 
if you know it, it is a material object but you know we consider it to be inanimate and traditionally science has been broken into to two fields the biological and the physical and the biological sciences study organic matter and that includes the the field of medicine and the physical sciences include chemicals energy um, inorganic matter but the distinction between the two ceases to exist on the subatomic level. Everything's made of molecules, which in turn are made of atoms, which in turn are made of electrons, protons, and neutrons. And now we know through quantum physics that those particles are made of an even smaller particle known as quanta. That's where the name quantum physics comes from. And everything at its most basic level is electromagnetic energy. So on the quantum level, I'm made of the same material that this pen is, and so is um, the electricity in the Tesla sphere back there that's uh, sparking away, and the air that we're breathing, and the light that we're seeing, and the nuclear reactions in the sun. It's just that things vibrate at different frequencies, and um, so on the most basic level, everything is energy, which is why everything is interconnected. You know, I'm curious now. You got me thinking. Everything vibrates at a different frequency. Is there such a thing as something that vibrates at a higher frequency? Spirits. Spirits. Absolutely. Spirits do. And, oh. you know, and, and also um, um, everything in the electromagnetic spectrum, radio waves, x-rays, ultraviolet, gamma rays, microwaves, they're moving at, 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 they're vibrating at a higher frequency. And the way that I like to explain the difference between our world and the other side is think of FM and AM radio. Okay, they both use amplitude, AM, you know, amplitude modulation. Um, FM is frequency modulation. And AM radio has a lower frequency. FM radio has a higher frequency. So when we die, the energy that is our soul moves at a higher frequency and goes to FM. So we're living in AM radio, the other side's in FM radio, and spirit communication, near-death experiences, contacts by spirits, is when the spirits lower their frequency and our brainwave frequency increases and you get a frequency match. And that's the, what I call interdimensional communication. And that's one of the terms that I introduce and explain in my book, Evidence of Eternity, because it's important for people to realize that this isn't hocus pocus, what you and I are talking about, Carol. I mean, I know you know that because we've had, you know, we've had many discussions off air, but, you know, people think that, well, you know, when I die, that's it. And the laws of physics, according to people like Einstein and more recently, Dr. Michio Kaku, one of the founders of string theory, he said that eternal life does not violate the laws of physics because energy which is what our soul is, is neither created nor destroyed, only transferred from one form to another. So from this slower vibration to the higher one in FM radio or the other side. So um, I look at it that the spirit finds another home. In other words, when the physical body, uh, just like a car, <laughs> you know, when yeah. the parts are kind of worn out, it's not going to live forever. Um, and so you get another car. And I don't mean that in a callous way. But um, so when you're speaking, and I know you, you may have made many tours, 
what do you feel that that person uh, would like to hear from you? Um, is there some type of a comfort zone? Where are they coming from? And how can they walk away from, from your form of communication uh, feeling better? Well, spirit communication is a, an important therapeutic step in the journey through grief. And there's no, as much as I wish I had the magic Harry Potter wand and I could go up to someone grieving and go, stop grieving. It doesn't work that way. And a lot of people think, well, if I get a reading, I'll be all better. But, you know, they also think, well, if I take Prozac, I'll be better. Or if I do this, I'll be better. What we have to realize is that grief is part of the human condition and it hurts and it's painful. And we also have to realize that we grieve as deeply as we have loved. And grief is the price of love. And so we have to confront and get through the grief. And there's two phases of it. I know that Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross talks about the five stages, and she's correct about that. But there's two phases. There's shock and there's trauma. And shock occurs right after the death. That's when you find out and you get that sinking feeling. And, and it, it lasts anywhere from maybe two weeks up to a month where, you know, you yeah. feel like you're, you know, watching. And eventually that will fade. And then the trauma sets in. And so with trauma um, counseling, turning to your faith community, turning to family and friends, getting some physical exercise, doing some motivational, inspirational activities. And then when you're ready, usually about six months, four to six months after the passing, I believe that you're ready then for spirit communication. Because a lot of people say, well, I want to do it right away. But if you're hysterically crying and not paying attention and can't focus, you're not going to get anything beneficial out of it. So six months later, when your emotions have somewhat stabilized and you're able to focus and pay attention, that's when you're going to begin getting the maximum benefit from the reading. So what comes out of it is to understand that your loved one has not disintegrated into nothingness, that your relationship with that person has gone from one of a physical nature to one of a spiritual nature, that they are around you and aware of what's happening, and that they have continued on into a new form of existence. So I think that, Carol, to answer your question directly, spirit communication is about love, healing, and resolution, and realizing that somebody that meant so much to you continues on and didn't just disintegrate. Mm -hmm. Somebody was talking to me about the uh, Tibetan Book of the Dead, that it takes 49 days, that their belief, or their philosophy, we'll call is that the spirit takes 49 days to reincarnate. So when you speak, uh, I'm just curious, what, what is your insight with that? In other words, when you speak, how do you know when to connect to that spirit? Is it a certain amount of day, you know, days that... <laughs> Yeah, um, there's a lot of religions, and, and you know, and I, right. and I give a lot of credit to the Tibetans and the Book of the Dead. But you know, to me, that's a bunch of, with all due respect, primitive, superstitious nonsense. Um, once again, let's go to quantum physics. We're pure energy. As soon as we die, energy's out, moves at light speed. Okay, there's all this. Oh, the spirits get through this healing. Blah, blah, blah. I've heard all this gobbledygook. No, I mean I've communicated with spirits like within right. seconds of them leaving a body. Okay. Right. And, and I've seen, I've seen people die and I've seen the, the energy surge out of them and, and it's really intense. And my father was one of those people that I saw, um, this light come out of him. And the thing is everybody in the room said, what was that light? 
and that's what's known as a shared death experience when bystanders, including pretty much everyone there who was not a medium, there's myself and one other medium and about six other people there, they all saw, saw the same thing. And that's because we all got caught up in that frequency shift from, from my dad going from the material world to the other side. But um, there is no set period of, of when a spirit can communicate. They can communicate right away. And I know people say, well, what if they've reincarnated? You know, we're also judging an infinite entity like our spirit by finite human limitations. And you can't do that. We are multidimensional beings, which means that, that our soul, even when it's anchored in our body, in our brain, can still make contact with the other side. It's like, you know, when you have a dream and a loved one comes to you, or you get a glimpse, or, you know, look what I do. And even if somebody's reincarnated, you still have this connection to what I call the collective consciousness, which is all the souls on the other side. Think of the collective consciousness or your, your connection to it as a librarian that's read all these different books and, and you're, you, know, you, you died being a character in this book and now you've been recast in this other book, okay? Well, the collective consciousness retains the memories of all those lifetimes. So even if um, you were you know, uh, in war and peace, but now you're in, you know, um, the Godfather, <laughs> you've come back as Michael Corleone or something, um, we can still communicate with your higher self and receive messages. And, you know, people find that hard to, to wrap their head around, and you should, uh, because we're dealing with um, different dimensions, we're dealing with quantum energy, and we're dealing with things that go beyond our five physical senses, our ability to perceive things through sight, hearing, smell, taste, and touch. Mm -hmm. But, but um, I, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah. So relating to that, and maybe you've already answered this, so when we pass, sometimes I don't even like to use the word death because it seems so finite, you know? Um, when we pass, are all of our past souls, if this is, if you believe in this, also leaving? Or are they, you know? Well, there's one soul per customer. You're the, okay. same, you're the same, <laughs> entity, same individuality, but you go, think of it this way. Each lifetime that you go through, right. um, there's people that you're going to go through it with. It's like a, um, a cast, of, a troop of actors. Yeah. And in each lifetime, they're all cast in different parts. Okay, so you're always the same actor. You just may be playing different parts. And, you know, people can oh, okay. genders and professions and races and, and uh, you know, I don't believe in hell. I mean, hell to me is a, is a ridiculous medieval construct based on, uh, you know, I could, I do a whole presentation on uh, the development of the history of hell, but I do believe in karma. So, you know, be nice, <laughs> okay, um, because you never know what you're going to come back as or in, in what uh, circumstance, and that's the whole point. I mean, the idea of, of a, a god being a neurotic white guy sitting on a throne with a scepter smiting people, you know, that you can see where that came from out of the Dark Ages, um, you know, the collapse of the yeah. Roman Empire and the early Christians casting God yeah. in the role of a Roman emperor and, and all of that. Um, and certainly that was helping people at that time to, to relate to the, you know, because to them, the all-powerful emperor or king or whatever throughout the medieval world, and then when the you know, Muslims took over the Middle East and they incorporated that to where now God was a caliph, um, 
we have to realize that it's very normal for human beings to want to anthropomorphize God and put a human face on God so that we, we it's, it is more relatable than this vast, infinite intelligence. So, so there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that don't take those constructs uh, too seriously. Mm -hmm, that makes sense. So, I mean, you've had, you've heard so many different stories, uh, confidential stories, private stories. Um, well, then what is God to you? You just, you just mentioned something, but what is this infinite source? Uh, uh, we've heard about the light. Uh, I know the Bible mentions a light in Genesis. You'd like to uh, give us your insight, Mark? If you look at what every great spiritual teacher, you know, if we go back 5,000 years ago to the sages of India and, and Krishna, and then you go to Moses and then Buddha and Jesus and Muhammad and Lao Tzu and, and the Native Americans, and you just go, go through through all of it, God is always described in terms of light. And for me, God is a pure energy that connects and binds all of us. It's, in, in, and I'm not being flippant when I say this, you know, from Star Wars, we hear about, you know, the force, the force that, you know, binds everyone. Well, George Lucas had a near-death experience when he was 16 years old. And within a few years of that, he had a rough draft for Star Wars. And the force is based on his contact um, with the light. And so the light is how humans describe the spiritual energy of God, because that's the only form of electromagnetic energy visible to the human eye. I think a very relatable story for a lot of people is Moses' encounter with the bush that burned, yet did not, you know, was not consumed by the fire. So how would somebody living in the Bronze Age, as Moses did, describe an encounter with an intense form of electromagnetic energy? Well, he would use the vernacular of the day, and for him, the most powerful form of radiant energy outside of lightning was fire. So he would describe it as the fire that burned yet did not consume the bush. And it's similar in the New Testament in the, the I believe it's the book of Acts, um, I think it's chapter two, the Pentecost. You know, Jesus has already left this world, his mission's complete, and his disciples and his mother Mary are together, and tongues of fire appear above their heads because they're channeling the power of the Holy Spirit. What's fascinating is when you look at Hinduism and Buddhism and they talk about the chakras, these are energy centers throughout our body. There's seven of them, the seven main ones. They correspond with the locations of the endocrine glands, which are chemical electrical um, organs. But the crown chakra, which it corresponds with the pituitary gland in the brain, when you do aura work and you see auras around people, the crown chakra kind of has this flickery, um, energetic appearance. So if you're living in the Iron Age and first century AD, how would you describe that using the vernacular of the day? It would look like a tongue of fire. And so all these religions are basically reporting on the same type of thing. And I really like what the 13th century Islamic scholar uh, Rumi said. He said, the lamps may be different, but the light is the same.
which makes sense, right? Yeah, he was brilliant, totally brilliant. He was. I wish there were more followers of, of his philosophy. Yeah. yeah, no, he was brilliant. I remember that, actually. Um, so you mentioned the shock. I mean, there's so much to this uh, as far as what eternity means. So what can we learn from just the word eternity? How can we integrate that with our daily lives? Can it, would it create more freedom within ourselves? Would it create more inner security? Would it, accept, would it be uh, more of the acceptance, so to speak? I love your questions, Carol. Uh, you always, uh, th that's so good. What can we learn from eternity? Well, I think number one is let's not take ourselves so seriously. Um, you know, I used to have a sign in my office when I was practicing lots that don't take life so seriously, you'll never get out of it alive. You know, and I always thought that was um, a, good one. a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people didn't understand that. But the thing is, I, I think that it adds perspective that we are truly eternal beings, but for various reasons, we are having a finite experience here so that we can have a lot of experiences and encounters and sensations that you can't when you're purely pure energy. But I think that so many people are afraid of death, and I'm certainly never encouraging anyone to, to resort to suicide, but we have to realize that we're here for a reason and that we have to make each day count while we're in this limited, finite form. And the nice thing to know is that when we're done here, like you said, we get out of that car and we get into another one. So hopefully we'll be getting out of the banged up Ford Escort and into the new Maserati. <laughs> or a Toyota Corolla. <laughs> like I have, Mark, a 99 named Sassy. Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> no, that, that's great. Um, you know, I just can't help but think, when, when you're connecting to people, are you also connecting to their mission? Sometimes uh, it will come through from, from uh, the other side what, what a person's purpose here is. But the thing about spirit communication, it provides guidance. Spirits are not here to control us or to, certainly not to frighten us. Because you know, a lot of people are like, well, I'm, I'm scared about this. And it's like, yeah, but this is a conversation with people you love who love you. They're not here to you know, do that. Um, and what they can do is they can point out things that you need to reflect on. Um, I get a lot of medical information in my readings about the, the people that I'm doing the reading for. And you know, it made me feel really good. I was in uh, Texas at the beginning of the year, right before the whole COVID thing went off the scale. And I was at a public event and this gentleman came up to me with his wife and they were real excited. He goes, I know you don't remember me, but I was here over a year ago and you did a reading and you said to me that I had better, you said, you said, get your heart checked yesterday, right away. And he was like, oh, and he goes, my wife made me go to the doctor and they said I was this close to a heart attack. I was right on the verge. And he goes, I've turned that around. Thank you so much. And it's, and, and, I, and first off, I was very grateful, but it isn't about me. I'm the custodian of the, the ability. I'm just the radio that the information comes through. So I can't make people listen to, to the messages that come through. But something like that, Carol, is what I call spirit intervention. Because what's happening is this guy's going to have a life. There's a day you're coming and a day you're going out. 
And if he had the heart attack, you could have put him in a disabled state in a debilitated state and really made their balance of his lifetime very difficult. But the spirits that love him came in and said, okay, we're giving you the heads up and you can improve this condition. And I've also had other people who completely rejected what I was telling them. And then I heard from them afterwards. And sadly, uh, they told me how much they regretted that because of, of what happened. And, and I take absolutely no pleasure in that at all. Um, you know, I, I, it, it, here's, here's the way I put it. If a spirit's going to come all the way from the other side to tell you that you need to get this checked or start doing that, you need to take it seriously. Um, I had this one couple at a, they're actually at a public event and the spirits started targeting the husband and kept saying, there's something about your lower GI tract here, your colon area. And it's really bad, really serious. And there, you have an elevated white blood cell count. And this was all coming out, you know, and they're like, uh, and then he's rolling his eyes and they're all but laughing at me. And I said, that's fine. Okay. But if I were you, I would do this. A month later, I get an email from the wife and she said, boy, do we wish we would have listened to you because a week after you did that reading, my husband's appendix burst and the peritonitis was so bad that they had to remove his colon. Oh, and the surgeon said, if we'd had a simple blood test, an elevated white blood cell count would have alerted us what to look for. You know, and that actually made me feel really bad, you know, because I was trying to get them to listen and they were like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. And the way I look at it is, look, if I'm interpreting it incorrectly, so you went to the doctor, but if the information coming through is being interpreted uh, accurately, then this could could save your life or certainly preserve the quality of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like a spiritual MRI. It, it is. It is. And people ask, well, how do they know these things? Once right. again, they're energy. So they do like a whole scan and they'll find disruptions. It's really, you know, because I was a personal injury attorney in addition to being a, um, I was a criminal defense personal injury attorney. I did social security disability. And then before all that, I was a prosecutor. So I've dealt with a lot of forensics. I mean, physics, forensics, medicine has been part of, part of my life uh, for, for my life. And so I have a basic understanding of anatomy and physiology, and spirits know that. But they give me things that go way beyond what I know. When they start talking about genetic markers and things going on with you in a cellular level and I'm reporting all this and the people are like, you know, and I've had some people say, well, that actually runs in our family. You know, I don't know these things, but the collective consciousness does. So spirit being pure energy, they scan and they start picking up on these anomalies and problems in the body. And then they transmit it to me. And hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm understanding it accurately enough to tell you. So I'm curious when they're doing that, Mark, uh, I don't know if you could answer me because you're not, uh, but are they actually tapping into the colors of the body as well? It, well, it depends on, on the psychic medium. With me, they just tell me, okay? okay. But, and what happens is I feel it. Like they'll start okay. going, okay, I'm getting this, 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 and this. Yeah. And there's no physical or cellular damage to me. It's a sensation. It's okay. also... And they, they do the same type of strategy, if you will. Let's say I'm, I'm doing a reading for somebody and their loved one comes through. And I will pick up, um, you know, first I get a gender, then I may get an idea of the relationship to you, like if they're on your generation or the one above it or what have you. Then they're going to start communicating to me how they passed. 
and I'll feel various sensations throughout my body and I can start describing that. And so there's a, like a protocol that they go through, but then I may get the feeling that, oh, they're focusing on Carol and they'll start talking about things that are going on, on with you. So I, I find it very, very fascinating uh, how, how they work with oh, me. Oh, definitely. No question about it. I mean, this, we mentioned sensations. I'm also very creative and an artist has, of course, sensations when they're painting or they're writing. But you're talking right. about a sensation that's on a very, very, very high frequency when, right. you're, tapping, when you're receiving these messages. I mean, um, how high is the frequency? Is there such a thing as you would know? I don't know. Well, I was, um, my friend and colleague, Dr. Gary Schwartz, he's the head of psychology right. and surgery at the uh, University of um, Arizona. And um, I was reading something that, that uh, he sent me. Um, and he's working on technology to communicate with spirits. And so they're looking in certain megahertz bands and things right. like that. And I do know that uh, on the paranormal investigations I've been on, when they do EVP, electronic voice phenomena, you know, for, for everyone who's never been on a ghost hunt, do it. I mean, it, it's put it on your bucket list. It, it's a lot of fun. But a lot of the technology that they're using is searching certain bands um, uh, within AM, and they'll start picking up on, on uh, voice phenomena. It's pretty cool when you start hearing stuff. Um, I had a very, very... Um, heavy-duty experience with that. I was actually at a uh, paranormal conference. I was one of the speakers, and my manager, she was, and there was this big auditorium, and people were having all the stuff, and all the ghost hunters were there, and they had all their gizmos and gasmos and stuff, and all of a sudden, I hear my manager going, Rocky, she's, Mark, get over here, and I'm looking, and and these people are all panicked, and, and so I walk over, and I go, what's going on? And what was happening is Rocky was walking by this equipment and as she walked by it, she heard this voice go, get Mark, get Mark. And she stopped. And the guy that was selling it goes, that's a get Mark. And in, in Rocky's like, I know that voice. So she calls me. And then when I walk up it, all of a sudden I hear dude. And I knew that voice too. And he goes, love you, bro. Let me tell you the tears just shot out of my eyes. Because six months before that, my best friend, uh, Billy, oh, wow. and he was a surfer. He always used to call me bro. We, we traveled through Asia together. Um, a lot of the stuff in this room I collected during one of those trips. And uh, he was, he'd always like, you know, dude, fist, love you, bro. And it was his voice coming out of this thing. Hmm. And there's no way anyone could have set this up because, you know, the guy selling it, he didn't know me from Adam. And Rocky walked by and it says, get Mark. And I walk up and I go, dear God, that was his voice. And That's she started crazy. like, you know, it was wow. intense. It was cool. Um, but it, it really, you know, and it ha you know, it, you know, when spirits that I love contact me, it affects me too. Uh, so what I'm getting, um, I'm getting a lot, but there's no timing. In other words, they, obviously they have their own form of communication. There's no timing because there's no clock up there. So yeah. it's their experience of, of events, I guess, or the events or the sensation. Well, maybe are they there on a sensation timing? Is this, are the sensations um, their form of timing, so to speak? 
It could be. It could be. I, I believe they, they certainly, having been in corporeal form, you know, being, right. you know, they know what, what we think time is, but right. they have the insight that it doesn't exist. Uh, yet, on the other hand, they seem to know when the right time is to come through. Because I get a lot of people like, they never come to me. I don't know why they come to me. Why they come to me? And it's like, well, let's start with the energetic deflector shield that you're putting up. Or people that they're in such a profound state of grief and they're hysterical. Why do they come? You know, it's like, okay, you have to realize that without intending to, you're creating a negative energy barrier and which they can't penetrate. It's like on Star Trek, raise shields. Okay, you're raising deflector shields. All right, let, let's get those shields down. And we'll, And I've also had some people go, well, I want a spiritual experience and I want it now. It's like, okay, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we live in this on-demand society where everything is like, here, just Google it, text it, you know, what? And, and spirituality doesn't work that way. It's not an on-demand thing. Uh, it's like people come into a reading and I get all this information. Yeah, 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 that's all accurate. But until I hear that one thing, I, I had a guy, I was getting all this stuff and all he did was argue with me. And I said, look, we're done. I'm not going to sit there and argue with someone, you know, because he needed to hear the one secret word. And until he heard that, and see, by doing that, I want, I want, I want, I want is the same yeah. thing as saying no, no, no. And you're creating a barrier and you're pushing the spirits away. And that's what you, you can't go into a reading with until I hear this. So it, it's allowing, uh, obviously, total freedom because the spirit is in a free, a free environment, I would think, and it, to begin with. And so that freedom is... Um, well, it's just creating the atmosphere for an entrance to the person. I was in the freedom is needed, no resistance. I find it so interesting, though, the timing, Mark, when a spirit is going to connect to, the, to, connect to that person. And, and is it usually very valuable message to that person, or could it be not so valuable? It depends on how the person interprets it. You know, I've had some people, you know, say, oh, I'm getting this, though. Well, yeah, well, I already know that. So, well, yeah, but I don't. <laughs> okay. And the spirit is bringing in things which are validating who he or she is. Okay. And, but people who are serious and open-minded towards spirit communication will find the information coming through very valuable. Okay. Um, but you can get the hyper-analyzers, the overthinkers. The okay. second that it comes in, I call it cross-examining the experience. You know, I'm a right. lawyer, so it's like putting the spirit. So you would have us believe, you know, right. get the messages in. Then after the reading, hyperanalyze away. Well, I thought there'd be more. Well, yeah, but you sat there and argued with me for, for half of the reading. Okay. Well, feel the message, I would say. First, initially feel the message. Feel. And then maybe think about it. But because the spirits, obviously, you're the expert, are on a feeling vibration they're not analyzing <laughs> yeah. you, you nailed you nailed it right on the head carol feel first think later like i was doing a, a session for this young lady her boyfriend had died he comes through and i get the image of a refrigerator no 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 are you sure no that makes no sense no i go come on i just don't fling out random kitchen appliances hoping to get a hit what's up with the refrigerator well he was a chef okay well there's one red flag going up and before he died he made this beautiful dinner and i froze it we were going to have it and then he, he overdosed and died 
And since that time, I open up the freezer every day to look at it. I go, well, then the answer is yes. No, it isn't. You didn't say the freezer part. You just said the refrigerator part. Now, what did she do? No, 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 no. Hyperanalyze, overthink, overthink, overthink. She shoved her boyfriend's spirit away when what he was trying to tell her is, I know that you look at that every day, and I know that it makes you cry, and I know that you love me. But she was so hyper-focused on getting what she wanted. And then when I explained just that to her, she burst into tears, and then her deflector shield started coming down, and she became more open to the messages then. But I, a, lot of, a lot of people go into this, you know, this is a feeling thing. And I understand being hyper-analytical. I'm an attorney. I've been raised to question everything and they're trained to. But I also realize that in spirit communication, you got to get that out of the way and use your heart. And that's why, um, uh, you know, we've always heard about women's intuition. Okay. It's a real thing. For men, it's a, we have it too. You can call it instinct because that's more Harrison Fordian, Denzel-ish, you know. But, but what's happening is we're vibrationally receiving information. We're receiving a vibration. And the reason that we feel it in, in our gut, in our stomach, is because the second most complex bundle of nerves outside of the cerebral cortex wow. in the brain is the solar plexus at the bottom of the rib cage, And that's the receptor area for the uh, feelings, the emotions, and the sensory input. The data, the facts, the voices, the visual images come into the pineal gland in the brain and then are interpreted through the cerebral cortex. So we have two major receptor areas in our body for psychic or intuitive ability. So when you're receiving the messages, uh... Mark, Anthony, what area of your body you're just talking about the penis? So where is it going to first? Well, I've been um, studied, if you will, uh, both here and in the UK, uh, not only by scientists, but by other mediums. And um, some people are mostly visual. Some people are mostly auditory. Some people are mostly feelers. I'm all of it. Okay. I see it, hear it, feel it, know it. Um, uh, taste things, right. uh, smell things, so it it will zip all around right. uh, the the way the way I get it. Yeah, I'm picking up. You get it instantly. You don't have to go through uh, ten prayers. I mean, it yeah. just comes through uh, 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 quickly. It, it comes through through really really quickly. Right. Um, and it's always good when I have a recipient that's quick on the uptake and can connect the dots uh, because then it gets moving. Um, but when I have people that either overthink or they're just saying, no, 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 without thinking, um, a funny example of this, I was doing a public event in Florida and this woman's husband came through, um, and I said that, okay, he showed me a big target and I'm seeing like archery images of archery. No, no. Are you sure? No. I go, well, did he shoot at targets? Yeah. With bows and arrows. And before I could say anything, somebody in the crowd yells out, oh, for God's sakes. And it's like she didn't know that archery <laughs> meant using a bow and arrow. And so, you know, and I, I can't fault her for having that lack of knowledge. But when you run into things like that, it really slows things down because I want to get cooking. And they're sitting there like, you know, ah. 
stumbling over things like that. Because what you have to realize that in a reading, think of it as like a, um, right. think of a, a triangle. Yeah. Other side, the top, that's where the spirits are. I'm over here, I'm the medium, and the recipient's there. So all three are working together. They're giving me the information, I'm giving it to you, and I need the confirmation. Um, I mean, I was doing a reading for, for this, um, it was on a TV show. And I, I felt so sorry for this lady. She was older, and and I could see she was scared. I mean, it's hard enough being on TV as it is. I'm, I'm on TV a lot, and you know, I have to admit, and, and I don't care who you are. I mean, I talk to famous actors on, and we, we get nervous. Okay, the lights come on, all that, but you learn how to do the ball and James Bond, you know. And so I'm standing up there, and you know, now it's like, here, Mark, do do spirit communication before the commercial break, right? So her son comes through. And I know it's just like <laughs> it's like you know these shows um, where where you know that are uh, right. these so-called reality psychic shows. Please, they're all scripted yeah. and edited. Yeah. You know, I'm always doing it live on TV. Right? And so this woman and her son comes through, and I said, I'm seeing the image of a cross, and I'm getting cross. The word cross. No, no. And her husband's sitting next to her. No, cross. No. So. And, and then the host goes, well, we have to go to a commercial break. And she's staring at me, and her husband goes, so this is the four minutes between the two TV segments right. while the commercials are playing. Right, right. He goes, well, our last name is Cross. Oh, I love I it. I go, you mean like your son's last name? Right. I love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I could hear the host going like, oh. And so when we come back on, she goes, so during the commercial break, um, you know, whatever her name was, um, realized that her name was Cross, <laughs> and Mark said Cross. He goes, so Mark, why don't you go to somebody else? You know, and I felt bad for the lady, but the thing is, she was so scared. Okay, oh, here she is yeah. on TV. There's a live audience, and then there's the lights, the cameras, and oh, she yeah. just froze. Right. And so you can't, you, you know, you can't think think ill of somebody like that. I mean, it's difficult when someone doesn't, you know, realize their own name. But that can happen in a reading, and it bogs down the process. Mm -hmm. And so somebody like that, it's better to be in a private one-on-one -on -one where I've got more time with them. And Are you yeah. sure cross doesn't make any sense? Well, it is my name. And say, so, oh, well, then, you know. So. You know, unfortunately, there's just a minute or two left, but I can't help but think as a result of the human side of all of the stories and the interactions with people that it's also – created, uh, not create, enhance more and more compassion with you because you're listening you to. to stories that um, are very uh, challenging just to uh, listen to, I would think. Well, not you're listening, your spirit, but the compassion, the compassion element. It's heart-wrenching. Yeah. It, it's heart-wrenching, but I have to maintain my objective professionalism. Yeah. And, you know, Carol, for the benefit of your listeners, um, if somebody would like uh, to schedule a reading with me, you have to mention Carol's name and the name of the, the podcast, Matters of the Heart, and qualify for a reduced fee um, in my readings. And please visit my website, evidenceofeternity.com. Click on the link that says schedule a phone reading. Phone readings are just as accurate as in-person readings. And, uh, but you have to mention Carol Adams and Matters of the Heart, and you'll be eligible for a reduction in the in the a one-on-one -on -one session with me. Okay. Um, once again, Carol, thank you for, for having me as your guest. I, I just love, I love you and I love working with you. Oh, anytime, Mark, I'm going to, and I'm going to go for a reading for sure. So, <laughs> <I'll be> thank <laughs> you. and you've been listening to Mark Anthony, psychic lawyer,
and he certainly brought that in in with the show, his past experiences, which uh, I find interesting because that's the cerebral part. You know, you're combining the, the right and the left side of the brain, Mark, you know, um, with your- A lot of work. <laughs> with your, but, but worth it. It's definitely worth it. Yeah, it's beautiful. And you've been listening to The Matter of the Heart. I've been your host, Carol, and always thank you so much, everybody. Thank you.